hey, hey. Welcome to Fellowship of Champions with Pastor Sean. I'm Pastor Sean, my super cute husband, Pastor Elwin. We are a church teaching you how to do what? Walk in love, love, live live by by faith, faith, and experience experience God's prosperity in every area of life. life. Now, I'm super excited today, and you guys know why. What is it? It's our anniversary. (laughs) Pastor Elwin and I have been married 29 years today. And I was just thinking last night, just what an absolute blessing it is, how faithful God has been to us, how merciful he has been to us. And it's just such a blessing to have spent 29 years of my life with you. Yep, I agree. I mean, it's been it's been wonderful. You know, all the ups and downs and praise God that we learned how to make more ups than downs. And I thank God for that. Uh, It's been awesome. And, um, you know, somebody was like, are y'all going to spend your anniversary Preaching and teaching the word. Yep. yep. <laughs> because unless we're going to be on a beach uh, or unless we're going to be on some kind of uh, private catamaran uh, going around in some pretty ice blue water or unless we on some exotic vacation with the tribe, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing than spending time teaching the word of God with you. So I'm happy. Amen. To be and we are taking a vacation next month. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And we're taking a vacation absolutely. next month. So don't y'all worry because, like, we do rest. <laughs> we do rest. Listen. We are so excited, and thank you to the people who are sending us $29 cash out. That is so (laughs) cute, and we appreciate it so much. Listen, we are so thankful to have partners that are so mindful of us. I appreciate that we have so many partners (laughs) from all over the world who um, don't just receive, but they give. And I appreciate that you don't just tithe and you don't just give offering, but that you celebrate Pastor Edwin and I. You acknowledge us on our birthdays and on Mother's Day and Father's Day and on our anniversary. We thank you so much for that. And so we appreciate that. Listen, I was thinking about this. We got married when we were 22 years old. We have been married longer than we were single. Oh, yeah. We have been married longer than we lived in our parents' homes, right? And the only thing that we have done longer than that, I mean, we've the only live. thing comes, no, right. <laughs> the only thing that comes close to doing as long is um being parents and pastoring, right? We so we've been married for 29 years. We have a 28-year-old and we've been pastoring for 23 years, right? Yeah. So we've had to be grown for a long time. We've had to be really responsible for a long time. But I will tell you there is no other way that I would have rather spent my life than with you and pastoring and parenting because it has been an amazing ride and i'll never forget you said to me uh you said to me um that we were 22 years old we're gonna get married and we have a lot of money because we were college students yeah no money really (laughs) and you said to me you said i promise you this you'll always be to get your nails done and your hair done because when i met you i was when i was when i met you i was getting my nails done and my hair done you said you'll always be to get your nails done and your hair done because i wasn't trying to downgrade you i mean i tell women all the time if you're gonna get married it ought to be an upgrade it shouldn't be a downgrade and I, we ain't going to have a marriage retreat, but uh, I'm a firm believer. You know, I might not be able to give you uh, everything in the world, but you should be better off as a result of being married to me, not worse off. Amen. So we got a couple of announcements. One of the announcements that I really want to talk about today is the GoFundMe account. Listen, I don't, if you're a partner, you know that we do things all over the world. And right now we're doing something in Arkansas. Pastor Ellen, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So some of you have probably heard uh, as of, as of this morning, I thank you to the 40 of you who have went to the GoFundMe and have actually donated. And you say, well, I didn't know what we're talking about. So let me tell you a little bit about um, what has happened. Um, 
it's not unlike what's going around in the rest of the country. There are particular states in our country that have um, really used what I call political rhetoric, dog whistles, whatever you want to call it, in order to gather a group of people around to vote for a particular ideology, a particular thought pattern. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that this has been attacked has been the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you know that, if you've been following the news, you saw what happened with the Supreme Court and how now they're telling colleges that they can't use uh, race as a determining factor in order for admissions. What they didn't do, though, is they did not take away what is known as uh, legacy admission. Now, what does that mean? Legacy admission works like this. Let's say that your great-grandfather went to Harvard, okay? Uh, and your grandfather went to Harvard and your dad went to Harvard. Well, let's say that you don't have the best of grades, right? Uh, but because you have that legacy attached to you, you are giving more points or weighted higher on your terms of admission. Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you go back and look through history, uh, my great-grandfather, your great-grandfather, probably great-grandmother didn't have the opportunity to even go to Harvard. Uh, and so we would never uh, be legacies by by that choice. Now, mm -hmm. you may be legacy because maybe your mom or dad had a chance to. But but you don't have that that long list of legacy as as other people do. And so the other area that they have started to attack is what they call uh, critical race theory uh, or this idea that somehow um, things are being taught in schools, especially in public schools that are somehow making um students hate America or making students feel indoctrinated uh, when the reality of it is, if you've ever taken a history class, you were indoctrinated. You were told what the history was. Anyway, the state of Florida uh, sometime last year um, basically just said we're not teaching AP African-American studies in the state of Florida, even though it was offered by the college board, the same college board who does every other AP class in the nation. The state of Florida under Ron DeSantis and the Department of Education said that they were not going to teach that class. There were many people who had discussions to said that this was going to become something that was going to happen around several other what we call red states, especially those in the Deep South. Well, last Friday, not the Friday just passed, but the previous Friday, our Arkansas Department of Education sent out a letter stating that they were not going to give credit toward graduation for students who were enrolled in the AP African-American Studies class. Um, the year prior to that, it was piloted in the state of Arkansas among several high schools and the students who took that class, took the class, um, received credit for the class, and the state of Arkansas paid the $90 plus fee in order for those students to take the end of year AP African-American Studies exam. And again, that AP exam is the exact same exam uh, that students in all the other states in America would be taking. It's not special to Arkansas. Uh, and the state has paid for that. And the state has paid for all AP exams and has for years. Uh, but they came out two Fridays ago and said that not only were they not going to offer credit, they also were not going to pay the $90, 90 plus dollars for the students to take the AP exam. Um, there were some high schools who decided not to offer AP African-American studies since the state said it wasn't going to be on the approved list. But there were six 
uh, high schools who said they were going to continue to offer it. And not only were they going to offer it, but they were going to offer it and they were going to grade it on the five point scale. Why is that important? Because as a student, if you take AP classes, those are rigorous classes and you get an A in that class instead of a four point, it counts as a five point. Why is that important? Because it helps to boost your GPA. With a boosted GPA, you have the opportunity to apply for more scholarships. More scholarships means less debt. And you know here at Fellowship of Champions, we're all about, if you go to college, going to college with the least amount of debt as possible. Amen. That's why we have our scholarship fundraising drive every year. That's why we give the two scholarships that we give. Also, if students take that exam and they score a four or five, that counts as three credit hours for a lot of colleges. Now, every college decide what AP exams they will take and what scores they'll take. But the University of Arkansas had came out and said they are going to accept that AP African Studies, uh, AP African American Studies class as a college credit if students take the AP exam and pass it. So we did not want any student. We estimate, and it could be more or less. I'm still hearing back from principals around the state from those six schools. And I'll tell you who those six schools are. There's two charter schools. One is East STEM. And one is a, is a charter school in, in North Little Rock. The other one is Little Rock Central High School. Uh, it is North Little Rock High School. It's Jacksonville High School. And it's the Academies of Jonesboro. So those are the four high schools plus the two charter schools who said they're going to go ahead and offer that class anyway. And they were saying they were going to begin to look for funding to pay for those classes so that students didn't have to be deterred from taking the AP exam because they couldn't afford to pay for it. So that's where we stepped in. We decided that we couldn't change Governor Sanders' mind. We couldn't change the Department of Education's mind. We couldn't go down there and make them uh, approve the class. But what we could do is we could ensure that not a single solitary student, black, white, Asian, Native American, whatever, who was taking this AP African-American studies class would have to worry about whether or not they had the money to take the class. We didn't want them to drop the class and take something else because they were concerned about the money. And so we created the GoFundMe. Uh, the idea is to raise enough money to be able to pay for about 150 students. That's how many we estimate in those six high schools are taking that course. Uh, in order to do that, we need to raise about $15,000. And within 48 hours, uh, as I looked this morning, there have been 40 individuals who have donated. And I see you, I appreciate you, I thank you. I, I Immensely, I do. And we've raised almost $2,400. And I tell people that even if you can't give, even if you don't want to give, if you will just share the information, because I'm still getting people who are calling me saying, I didn't know this was happening. And I get it. People are busy. You know, I pay attention to education things because that's what I used to work in, right? That's important to me. Other people pay attention to other things. But we should all be extremely concerned when we live in a place, and I don't just mean Arkansas, I mean in a country that says we it's okay to discount African-American studies because somehow teaching an AP, a rigorous college board class, is somehow indoctrination or that it is somehow uh, going to make students hate America. Listen, history's ugly. History is ugly. And sometimes we have to face the real fact that because we live in a country that has a scarred history, every every country does whitewashing it or, or acting like it didn't happen or refusing to teach a segment of the population um, how much contribution they played in the country being as great as it is, is just not OK.
It's just not okay. And the Bible tells us that we are to do justice. The Bible doesn't tell us to stick our head in the sand, to sing kumbaya, and to act like everything's going to be great in the, in, the, in, in the good by and by. No, we are called to be civil. We are called to stand up for justice. And one of the ways we can do that is by making sure that every single one of these high schools, uh, I would love to be able to drive to each of those high schools and present a check for them, uh, for all of their students to be able to take this AP exam and not have to worry the entire school year about whether or not the school is going to come up with the money or somebody's going to come up with the money. You know, we can't do everything, but we can do our part. And so that is that is that is the reason behind the GoFundMe. That's the reason because there are there are students uh, who are taking this class. And I, I just feel like as the body of Christ, we when, when we see something is not right, we ought to stand up and say it rather than just complaining about it on Facebook. And that's really what, you know, I was making posts about it, posts about it. And I feel like the Holy Spirit said, you're making posts and you're, you're talking about it, but what are you going to do about it? And so that's the reason we created the GoFundMe in order to do that. So I want to challenge everybody. Number one, hashtag live and tell us where you're watching from. Number two, share this. And number three, tag somebody. But number four, I encourage you to give a donation to this. Listen, can you guys understand why we talk about why it's important to be wealthy? Why it's important? You can't, listen, if you look around on any given day, there are so many needs. And one person can't meet all the no. needs, but together we can meet a lot of needs. I believe that this is one of the reasons it has to become so important to you. It has to become so imperative to you to become debt free, to be able to live abundantly, because the reality of it is, is that it would be cool if 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 15 people could have said, hey, I'll give a thousand dollars. Right. And you have to get that. And I, I want you to understand what I'm saying. Before you can live there, you got a dream there. Yeah. You got to see yourself there. You got to be able to say, I need to be a person. It's important for me to be a person that when something <coughs> needs to be done in the earth, I can do it. And, and, you know, people always ask us this because we have played such a big role in, in so many civil moments in the yep. way that we have advocated for things we've given to bail relief funds. We helped with the big thing with the, um, with the um, women Razorback team when they were being persecuted because some of them chose to kneel. The reality of it is, is that the church is here to make a difference. Yes. The church is here. Can you put that in the comments? The church is here to make a difference. And I believe that one of the challenges is, is that we've got to get in our minds that, yes, we pray, but we don't just pray. Right. We participate. Can you put that in the comments? We pray and participate. Mm -hmm. We pray and participate. And I love what you said when you said, hey, listen, we don't just want to complain. Because how many of you think about things that you're passionate about, that when you don't like the way it's going, what you do is complain. But after you complain, after then you what? say this is an issue, then what? The church is here to make a difference. But I thought about this. I was studying. I was thinking about this after you started talking about this whole thing about this need to not want to talk about history. If you go back and look at scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, what you will find is that there was a constant repeating of history. Sure. Every time they went to the next thing, yeah. they would, whoever the prophets were, whether we're talking, whether we talking Moses or whether we're talking Isaiah, yeah. they would say, listen, 
This is what happened before. Let's not do this again. Even in the New Testament, when Peter's preaching the gospel, he is very clear, even though it offends them, that they, the Jewish people, crucified our Lord. That's that's what they say. And so this idea that it's this Christian mentality that we are going to be red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. And the way that we do it is to pretend color exists, doesn't exist, is not scriptural. It is not the mandate of Christ. You cannot find that thread in scripture. So we got to stand up. Someone someone asked a question, so I'll say it again. Someone asked the schools. So the schools that are still offering the AP African-American studies class, that are still going to grade it on the five-point scale, and still intend to either raise funds or find funds, they're committed to making sure those students can take the end of year AP exam, is Little Rock Central High School in the Little Rock School District, the North Little Rock High School in the North Little Rock School District, uh, the Jacksonville High School, which I believe is in the Jacksonville Pulaski uh, School District, the academies at Jonesboro, uh, and then there are two charter schools. One is East STEM, and I, I, I'm sorry, but I forget the name of the other one. It's like North Little Rock Center of Excellence or Charter of Excellence. Uh, but those are the uh, six schools. North Little Rock Center for Excellence. North Little Rock Center for Excellence. It's a charter school, and in, 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 yes. And so those are the six schools that I know of. If I hear of more, uh, we'll add them to our list and, and, and try to support them as well. Uh, but but it's just it's just something it's just something that I you know we can't do everything but we can do something and this is something that everybody can participate in and I, and I, and I I say that to say that you know I actually I actually wondered about doing it at first I talked to you about it and then I went on GoFundMe and I saw people raising GoFundMe for, for everything there was someone raising having a GoFundMe uh, because they wanted money to buy a rabbit. There was someone who wanted to go on vacation to Norway. There was someone who was raising money because they literally wanted everybody to help them pay off their debts. There was someone who was raising money because they wanted to redecorate uh, their patio. And I thought, if it, and there's nothing wrong with that. No shade to that at all. But I am thought if someone can be bold enough and say, hey, I want somebody to help me raise money so I can buy me a rabbit, some kind of special little rabbit. And I thought, then, we, then I ain't going to be ashamed to put it out there and ask people to help me participate in doing something for these students. So that's that that was the reason for the GoFundMe. I think that's really big. I was thinking about this. Somebody sent you a message and they said that they wanted to donate locally. Then go to the school and donate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what I thought was interesting is that um, that what I see that happens a lot of times in the body of Christ. And I want you guys not to be this people, this type of people. I see from 23 years of parent of pastoring that people don't want to do anything, but then they want to critique what's being done. That's true. And you want to be careful not to do that. Like you listen, if you know a better way to get this done, then do it. But what what I what what really bugs me sometimes is that the people who are sitting back not engaged either always have a task for somebody else to do or are always fault finding. Maybe there is a better way to do it. 
But the reality of it is, is that this is a way to do it, that you thought enough of kids you don't even know. You, we don't know these kids. We, For those of you who aren't in Arkansas, we're three hours from these kids or more from or the more, kids in yeah. Jonesboro. We don't know these kids. They don't go to our church. Um, that We don't know them, right? And so why are we doing this? Because it matters. And I want to encourage you to be a type of person that it doesn't have to come into your back door or your front yard before you actually mm -hmm. care. care. Care the way you want somebody to care when it's you, yeah. right? And, he, and here's the thing, you know, People may criticize, people may have something to say, but as of today, we've raised enough money to take care of 27 tests. 27 tests already in 48 hours, we've taken care of 27 tests. And so we got, what, 130, 120 something more to go? And, and, and we'll get there. And as we do that, and as those principals reach back out to me, uh, when I go to those schools to deliver those checks, I, I'll, I'll share it. I'll take pictures. I'll go live, whatever I can do, whatever appropriate. Um, you know, I had one principal already reach out and just say thank you because they're a smaller school and they, they, were, they didn't know what they were going to do. But we, we know exactly how we're going to help them. Listen, we got a great pastor. I'm just going to keep saying. And we saying, got great partners. You, but we Hold on. You can say we got great. Okay. <laughs> we have a great pastor. We have a pastor that has a mindset that is bigger than the four walls of this church. And we are tremendously blessed to have a leader who says, let's make a difference in all the ways we can make a difference. Yeah. And we have great partners because we, we could not do this without That's you. Right. And so we want to say thank you to the partners who are going, who, who given everything that we ask you mm -hmm. to do. But now what we need is we need many of you, <clears throat> excuse me. And even if you can, even if, while you do it, even if you can <clears throat> just share it with your friends, maybe your friends and family don't know, uh, you know, and just let them know here, this is, this is why we're doing it. If you go to my Facebook page, on my actual page, it's I don't pin stuff often, but it's actually pinned on my Facebook page. You can read it. I wrote out exactly what was happening, not just the, not just asking you to give. I wrote out exactly what was happening. You know, you can go to Google. You can Google Governor Sanders uh, AP African American Studies uh, course. Uh, and it, it's her, her interview on CNN is on there where she literally says and I don't want to get into talking about her as a person, uh, but she she talked. On, on Fox News, she said that Arkansas needs to get back to teaching. Uh, when, when she was asked about why the, the state decided not to honor this, this class, she said the state of Arkansas needs to get back to teaching math, reading, writing, and American history. Well, African-American is, is a part of American history. You don't get to discount all the inventions and all the things that African-Americans have done and dismiss an entire group of people by saying teach American history. There would be no American history without us. Uh, and we're more than slavery. Uh, African-American history didn't begin with slavery. And so, um, you know, and we're more than Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. Uh, and most of us can't name 15 prominent African-Americans who made great contributions uh, to America. We can't. We can't name 15. Not unless you have done some study on your own because you didn't get it in your curriculum in public schools. And if you went to private school, uh, you probably didn't get it there unless it was a private school that was really um, driven in their curriculum toward an expansion of of, of the, multi the, the, multiple, the multiple disciplinary work that all people did. And most people just haven't been exposed to that. We haven't. Um, you know, our kids weren't, except for what they got on their own, you know, and through AP classes and things like this. So 
that that's let me get off my soapbox. Let's 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 preach the word uh, <laughs> because I can talk about this all but day. But this is a part of the preaching the word. And it so is. we listen. I'm gonna challenge y'all. Pastor Edwin challenges you very differently. Y'all know this one. I'm gonna challenge you. If you have ninety dollars, I need you to give to this. I know Pastor Edwin don't like to challenge y'all like that. He don't even challenge our kids like that. I challenge our kids like that. I am saying to you, if you have $90 that you can afford, that you can spend at Target today, that you can spend and you won't miss the $90, I need you to go to the GoFundMe and I need you to give the $90. Now that hear is what, what she said. She said you, 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 no. you don't pay your light bill money. No, <laughs> but we've talked, we we have taught that we we've taught that they understand okay. that there are many people here you easily have ninety dollars yep. you easily have ninety dollars yeah, right they do if you yeah. don't have ninety dollars we're not talking right, to you right if you have five bring your five but right, right now i am talking to the people that you have ninety dollars yeah. and you're like i can sponsor at least one kid i can sponsor at least one kid listen jesus is lord but we have to make a difference one of the things i love that bill winston says he says we're not um he says we're not here to um we're not here to take sides we're here to take over yeah there has to be a righteous standard and again i'm gonna keep saying this that the righteous standard does not come just because we pray we have to make a difference that's the reason. Anybody want to know the difference? Why do Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean talk about wealth so much? We talk about wealth so much because I saw somebody put in the comments, I would like to give $1,000, but you can't give $1,000 if you don't have $1,000. Sure. The reason that we talk about that it has to be in the forefront of our minds, the forefront of our minds to build wealth, the forefront of our minds to take the creative creative ability that God has given us to build wealth is because there are so many things that need to be done from a righteous perspective and you cannot do them without money. And so this is so incredibly important. And so if you have the ability to give your $90, if you could put in the comment, Pastor, you can count on me. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm challenging you if you have the ability to do it. I'm challenging you if you have $90 and you say, but I don't have kids in school. Yes, but these kids are going to grow up. They're going to be your neighbors. That's They're going right. to be the people that you work with. They're going to be the people that you see in stores, the people that you see at basketball games. You don't have to have kids in school. You don't have to have kids at all. Here's the question. Do you care about this nation? Do you care about where this nation mm -hmm. is headed? If you care about where this nation is headed, then you need to do something different. I love it. Cynthia Jackson said, Pastor, you can count on me. Ivy Smith said, I took the challenge and I donated. Let's she go. Did. Listen, Ivy doesn't even live in Arkansas. She lives in Maryland. Um, Miss Cynthia lives in Moralton. She's not even close to these schools. I am challenging us because we 
Courtney said, I donated. I think that this is so important because we, Etoy says she donated. Um, I think that this is so important because we talk a lot about being the distrib distribution center. Mm -hmm. Tamara Scott said, you can count on me. D Don said, you can count on me. Teresa said, Detris. Now, I want to say this. I have not seen any men in the comments. I need some men in the comments. Several me of them have given. Yes, but I'm talking about oh, this challenge okay. right now. Okay. Who's watching? Listen, come on, Kelvin right. said you can count on me. Amen. Listen, we need men leading this too because women are not. Come on, Nigel. We don't just need women to lead. We need men and women to lead together. Amen. Bernita Lee said she donated yep. for the Lee household, yep. right? Lewis Tucker said, I got you. Why is this important? Guys, we're not trying to raise money for a car here. We're not even trying to raise money for something that just impacts FOC, although it would be a good cause, like if we wanted new chairs for the church or if we need new lighting. No, this is about saying you can count on, you can count on Fellowship of Champions that when there is an injustice that we can do something about, we are going to show up and do something about it. Amen. 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 Look at all these people. Vest said, you can count on me. Amen. The Jackson said, you can count on me, right? This is so important. Kimberly Dennis said, I donated and you. I'm going to yep. add to it. You know what? Me too. I had already donated once. I'm going to donate and take care of another um, an, an, another student. Sonya says her business, GIP Financials, is going to pay for an exam. Amen. Let's get this taken care of, right? Um, Julie Husband says, I'm in and I'm taking it to my church. She lives in Pennsylvania. Amen. This is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. How can we make a difference? Yeah, Let's sharing, sharing is going to be key. If you share it, there are people out there who feel as passionate about it as you do if you'll just share it with them. Uh, and sometimes we get timid about sharing, but if we'll share it, you know, and I don't mean just, just click the button and share it, but if you say, hey, did you know this was happening and this is what, we, what we're doing and, 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 and our church is doing this? Would you help us out? People will do it. They'll do it for you. They'll do it for the cause. And they'll do it because it's the right reason. I love this. I love this. Can y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? 13 seconds of praise. Can you thank the Lord that you had anything to donate? Can you thank the Lord if you're believing for something Amen. to donate? Can you thank the Lord for a righteous leader that says we're going to make a difference outside of the walls of Fellowship of Champions? We're going to make a difference. Amen. Right? Amen. We're going to make a difference. Kristen Valley said that she, we're, we're going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. We are here to make a difference difference we are not here to take sides we are here to release the kingdom of god in the earth amen 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 now listen we can kind of get into a little bit of what we're yeah. talking about from yeah. this yeah. just the levels yeah. we can yeah. talk just about the levels, the levels from the this. levels the levels from this now we're ready to teach the word are you ready to receive Say, I'm ready to receive the word. I'm ready, yeah, to, I'm ready, to, ready receive to receive the, I'm anointed to teach it. Mm -hmm. You're anointed to receive it mm -hmm. because you're going to understand that what we're teaching about today is really, it's in line with the first 30 minutes that we've been talking to you <laughs> right. about, right? It, it's aligned to it because there are these areas of our life we need to renew our minds. I taught on Wednesday night. And if you didn't, if you didn't see Wednesday night's teaching, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, uh, it's about the same topic, about renewing your mind. And Pastor Sean walked us through what it means to renew your mind and what we ought to be doing to get ourselves ready to renew our mind. So if you, even if you have it, even if you missed 
Wednesday. You can listen today, but you want to go back and listen to that. I'm going to tell you this. I don't usually feel this way about any teaching. I thought it was probably one of the best, most practical teachings I had mm -hmm. ever done mm -hmm. to help people be able to understand if they are actually renewing their minds and not just thinking about renewing right. their minds. Right. And then you came along and said, hey, I think we should continue this. Yeah. Let's add some more to this. Let, let, let's build on this, right? And you said, let's talk about beyond conformity, the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to, I'm always going to tell this story if I have the opportunity to that I believe the renewing of the mind is so important because I grew up going to church. Mm. I grew up going to church and all my life, I saw people who loved God and went to church and they would, they faithfully went to Sunday school. They faithfully went to mission BTU midweek service and, and, and the big service. Right. But what I did not see was a lot of change in their life. Mm. And if you think about it, one of the biggest things that we talk about a lot when mm. we're talking with the leadership team is these people who love Jesus, right? Mm. We're not talking about the backslider. We're not talking about the person who's got one foot in and one foot out, right? People who really love Jesus, people who really want to live in victory, right? And But they don't see a lot of victory in their life. Mm -hmm. And I can remember when we first started the church years ago, and you were the person who showed me Romans 12 and 2. Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God for your life. And that really led to the business that I have now, right? This sitting with this scripture saying, okay, if we're supposed to transform our minds, and one of the things that I begin to understand as I went and got a master's in sports psychology, as I've taken all of these courses, as I've done all of this prayer and all of this study, is that most people do not know how to renew their minds because they do not know how to locate where their mind is to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So I am so incredibly passionate about this because one of the things we hate is to see people in the body frustrating. Mm -hmm. We hate to see people in the body who can't break through in their health, who can't break through with a new job, who can't break through in their marriage. And it's fundamentally because, not because they don't love Jesus, not even because they don't have faith, but because they are missing a key element in the work that is required of them in order to renew their minds. I'm going to say one more thing and I'm going to let you set us up for these steps. So if you go back and you look at Romans 12, 1 and 2, we typically point, point to 12 to 2. Ralph, if you go back and look at my notes from Wednesday, um, Romans 12 and 2 is in there. In Romans 12, 12 and 2, which we talk about a lot, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind mm -hmm. so you can prove Ooh. what is that good and acceptable will of God for your life. So if I don't renew my mind, I'm going to hear about the promises, but I'm never going to prove the promises. Mm -hmm. And that's the frustration that so much of the church <clears throat> lives in. If that's making sense to you, you need to talk to us this morning. That the problem is, is that you've read the promises that there should be wealth in your house. You've read the promises that your mind should be sound. You've read the promises that you should have days of heaven on earth, but you're missing them because you don't know how to do number two. You don't know how to do verse two, but it starts with verse one. 
It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, wholly pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If I'm going to effectively renew my mind, I must first present my whole self to the Lord. Mm -hmm. If I present my whole self to the Lord, then what's going to happen to me is I go from being a person who's trying these levels that you're going to talk about. I go from operating in these different levels to being a person that's fully sold out. What do I mean? If I look at Romans 12 and two, and I say, I want to transform my mind about health, for example. And so I begin to decree and declare the scriptures about health. But if I don't present my body, I think I have the right to health without doing the thing that I need to do to bring health. Mm -hmm. I think I have the right to wealth without doing the thing that will produce wealth. I think I have the right to a happy marriage without doing the work. If you think about it, when the Lord was dealing with us, both of us, right? When he was saying, you be quiet when I tell you to be quiet. All he was saying was present your body to me. Mm -hmm. Present your body to me. Your mouth wants to say something and I want you to shut your mouth, Mm -hmm. right? And it was in that presenting of our body that then he was able to say, okay, Edwin, here's why I don't want you to say anything. Okay, Sean, here's the way I want you to say it. And so this renewing of our mind, it is a day-to-day work. It is not a one-time experience. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, for me, I grew up in, I spent my formative years in the Church of God in Christ. And in the Church of God in Christ, we were specifically told lots of things that we were not to do. That what things were seeing, uh, they had a, a system set up to kind of help us stay away from sin because it involved being at church a lot. A lot. Uh, and if you were at church a lot, the idea was you couldn't be doing those things that were deemed sinful. They talked about sin. They talked about hell. Um, and, 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 and really, it was good in the sense that it, 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 it framed for us what was necessary to please God. What it didn't do for me was really help me to understand how to get out of the struggle of wanting to live for God and do things God's way, but then being pulled toward these other things. Mm-hmm. And the That's reason good. is, is I got I got saved and no one explained it to me like this. My spirit got saved, right? Because man is a tripartite being. We consist of a spirit. We are spirit beings. We are housed in a body and we possess a soul. That's good. Our mind, will, emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. Well, my spirit man got saved. Yes. Okay. My spirit man was born of an incorruptible seed. It was my soul, though, yeah. that, that that still knew what it felt like to do all of those sinful things. And, and let's be honest, the pleasure that those sinful things brought. Right. My soul didn't forget that the moment I got saved. Uh, my body was just a willing participant. It did whatever so the stronger good. of those two things told it to do. If my spirit said don't sin, then my body didn't. But if my if my soul said we about to sin, then my body sinned. So whichever one of those were the strongest at the time is where my body went. So when you start talking about presenting our bodies to the Lord, it's not just our physical body. It's that soulish realm of man, too, presenting that to the Lord. Because if I present those to the Lord... Uh, then, then, then my spirit man that is born again has something to work with. 
And so I thought for me personally, when we think about renewing the mind, you talked about Romans 12 and 2, which was powerful for me. But what was so powerful for me is over in Romans where Paul begins to say, he, he explains it like this. He said, the thing that I would to do, I find myself not doing. But the thing I would not to do is the thing I find myself doing. He says, and it is no longer me, but it's the sin that lives in me. And when he says the sin that lives in me, he wasn't talking about his spirit because his spirit is born again. That's good. So I, so I, that years ago, that took me down a study path to say, okay, what is the sin in me? Where is that sin in me? Where is it? It's in my soul. So if I want to get that sin out of me, what do I have to do? I have to learn to renew my mind. And the Bible is littered with scriptures, especially in the New Testament, about why we should be renewing our minds. Mm -hmm. And and then we were talking and we were saying, especially after Wednesday, I went back and just and just thought about what you said. And I was like, people say they want to renew their mind. But a lot of times you can put people in the room and everybody's saying the same thing, but everybody's commitment level isn't the same. Oh, that's good. Can we pray first? Yes. I was thinking yeah, we didn't yeah. pray. Everybody's commitment is not the same. Most mm -hmm. gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for yep. this day. We thank you for all of our amazing partners that you have given us. We thank you for the visitors and friends that are listening. And we thank you that you had desired to do a great work in all of us. We thank you for Jesus because of Jesus we mm -hmm. are saved. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. We thank you for the written word and for the preach word and we declare according to your word that we are hearers and doers of this word and we will never be the same again in jesus name amen amen and so as we're asking you that as we take this journey over the next couple of weeks about renewing our mind that you uh do some self-assessment and you determine because it's easy to say what your level of commitment is right it's easy to say, oh i'm down pastor i'm down i'm committed i'm committed but let's really take a moment and say okay what are the levels of commitment that people typically have? And psychology really psychology tells us this. This is true whether you want to be, uh, whether you want to lose weight, right? Whether you want to improve your relationship, whether you want to make more money, whether you want to get serious about God. You have to whether make some, you want to get active in social justice. Whether you want to get active in social justice or not, you got to ask what is my level of commitment and so that's what we want to start talking about this morning i know you want to say something but that's what we're going to start we're going to talk about how does a person or how does one determine their level of commitment well and i was going to say that it's important to that's why it's important to have holy good spirit help mm -hmm. us assess because we can have a we can have a level five commitment in one area of our life and a level one commitment in another area of our life right that is why we bring the entire scope of our life before the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit can say, listen, Edwin and Sean, you have level five commitment to your marriage. Right. But you have level three commitment to making sure that you walk every day. Right. And that's super important. But I want to tell you. But today we're talking about renewing the mind. So we want so we want them to be sure that they are really asking because maybe they are a five. Don't focus on your five areas. You know, if you if you talk about losing weight, and those things. Today, we're talking about your commitment to renewing your mind about making sure that you're living a life that's pleasing to God. Making sure that you're living, living a life that's pleasing God. Now, I just want to share you as he shares this. These notes that you're going to get, these are from 2003. April. April 2003. 2003. This is, so when people say to me, 
Nobody's been teaching this. I'm like, no, my pastor been teaching this since night, since, since 2000. You are about to get five steps from a teaching in 2003. Three. But let's be now, now it's been it's been some upgrades to the notes, but but yes, the the the, but the, the foundation of what we're talking about though, we taught this in April of 2003. I was going through some of our notes and I was like, man, we've taught so many because I keep them organized that way. After you taught on Wednesday, I thought, man, we've talked you know about renewing the mind let me go see what all we've said because sometimes you can forget what you've taught you know and and and, and i thought man we really need to talk about these levels of commitment because we've talked about these before okay so, so let's do them today i want you to put this in the comments if you're by faith i am committed to renewing my mind i am committed to renewing my mind and then you'll get to see where your level or your level really so is. <laughs> we're starting with an overall yes what is your commitment to please the lord yes to renew Which your mind to in please every the lord. area yes what is your commitment what is your level of commitment to renew your mind to please the lord all right yeah. so i'll do the evens because it's only two of them okay <laughs> okay all right go ahead all right so we we are we going to begin at what we call level one uh, and we've we've called level one the reluctant participation stage. And at some place in our life dealing with something, we've all been here. OK, but typically at this stage, people are merely going through the motions. OK, that's what they're doing, especially in terms of spiritual matters. You know, I'm not an atheist. I believe there's a high power. I believe in God. I even go to church more than just Christmas, Mother's Day and Easter. OK, I'll, I'll get up. I'll do those things. These are the people, again, who acknowledge all of those things. But in essence, what they're really committed to is what I call fire insurance. They really are committed to not going to hell. They say, OK, I, I don't want to. I, I don't. I believe there's a God. Maybe I believe there's a heaven and a hell. I'm not really sure, but I won't take no chances. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm, I'm going to give my life to Christ so that I don't die and go to hell. OK, I call that fire insurance, the reluctant participation stage, because what happens is those people are just going through the motions. They're doing the bare minimum. They aren't actively pursuing and they're not willing to embrace and to live out the true teachings that they know they should because it interferes with what they want to do. Ooh, ooh. It interferes with what they want to do. And because it interferes with what they want to do, I want to do enough to escape hell, but not enough to live heaven on earth. Oh, that's I, good. I just want to escape hell. What do y'all think about that? And these oh, are the people that good. we call the reluctant participation stage. And you got to ask yourself, is this why I've been here before? When, when, when I, before I get, before I, I, I and I'm gonna get the year right this time, 1986. <laughs> <laughs> In September of 1986, prior to that, that's what I was. I went to church. I believed there was a God, but man, I wasn't trying to, I was trying to do all this God stuff. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to live in, 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 in you know, not do the stuff that I was participating in. That stuff was fun. It felt good. I wanted to do that stuff. I was a reluctant participant. Until the night of that lock-in, where I actually had an encounter with God for myself, and it changed me. It didn't take me to five, because I had some things to work up to, but I got out of that reluctant participation. I knew God was real. And so it's so important to remember when we do this, this is self-assessment. Right. 
This is you and the Holy That's Ghost, right? Me. This right. is you and the Holy Ghost. So resist the urge to look at anybody else. This is Holy Ghost. Am I still a level one? Yeah. Am right? I a reluctant participant? Am I a reluctant participant? Right? Do I all? Do you always got to battle and wrestle me down to the floor to get me to do any type of change? Am I doing right? the bare minimum? Am I doing the bare minimum? When my pastors talk about those four commitments, have I done any of them this year? Have I done any of them last year? Or am I just am I just barely doing what I need to do so that in the event that there is a hell, I can escape? It? I can escape <laughs> it. All right. So number two. This is the people they desire result the desiring results without work or seeking rewards without effort stage. Mm -hmm. So at this stage, you desire re results without work or you're seeking rewards without effort stage. These are the people that you're like, oh, I've read the promises of God. Oh, I've seen that God wants me to be blessed. Oh, I see I'm supposed to be blessed going in and blessed going out. But I don't really want to do any work about that. Yeah. Results without work. I want results without work. Reward without effort. I want reward without effort. And so as you, Lord, am I a person who wants reward without effort? Am I a person who I believe that you want me to have a good marriage, but I don't actually want to do the change to get it? I, I believe that you want me to live better financially, but I don't want to do the change to do it. I want all, I don't just want to go, not go to hell. I want all of your promises. But I won't read any scriptures that talk about how to obtain those, how I'm supposed to be living. It, it, in, in, in what happens, it creates an attitude of stagnation. It's like, you know what? I, I want better. It's like it's like a, a kid come home and say, well, mama, I, I want to make an A in this class. Well, are you studying? No, ma'am. Are you taking notes? When, when, not every no, day. Not every day. Are you studying for the test the night before? It's like, did you, you go to tutoring? Well, I was going to. I was going to go to tutoring, it's but like my friends was going somewhere. Desiring results without doing the work. Or you're wanting a reward without putting forth any effort whatsoever. And I can certainly see where I have been at that area oh, yes. in place in my life. Yes. And here's the reality. I'm just going to tell y'all this. You know, I'm going to tell y'all this. If you're looking at this and you saying, I ain't never been number one and I ain't never been number two, you probably got a lying spirit and the Lord wants to deliver you Or from you at it. least are blocking yourself from transparency. You're not allowing yourself to be real because the truth of the matter is in everything in our lives, we've all fluctuated in these stages somewhere. Absolutely. Somewhere, somewhere. Absolutely. Hey, I, I, I mean, we celebrating 29 years of, of of marriage today, but there were times in our life I was at number two where our marriage was concerned. I wanted it to be great, but I didn't want to put forth the work to, quit, to, to close my mouth when the Holy Spirit told me to close my mouth and not say nothing. When I felt like you had said something smart or slick mouth, I was like, wait a Ooh. minute. <laughs> Ooh, what's slick mouth? What is wrong? You. I'm like, wait a minute. You can't talk to me like that. And the Holy Spirit be like, don't say nothing. Be quiet. I got it. Like, no, I got it, Holy Spirit. Well, see, you wanting results without doing the work. I'm talking about me. I've been at that stage. And so I've had to learn that, man, if you want something from God, even though, it, listen, salvation is free to us, but it costs Jesus his life. So even salvation costs. It costs Jesus his life. Now, he was, he was resurrected, but it cost him his life. And so if we want to have rewards, if we want to have results, we got to learn to work and we got to learn to put forth effort.
Well, this is so important. Jesus actually says this. He says, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose mm -hmm. it. The only way to have my life is to give the, this John 10 and 10 life. I got to give up the life that I want, right? So we want to leave this stage of being a person who desires results without the work or a person who is seeking rewards. I'll never forget, um, Dexter um, Lee said this one time in the comments when we were talking about gifts and surprises with someone. And he said that he had asked the Lord, how come never, nobody ever gave him a gift and surprise? And he said, well, who did you do it for? Right? The Lord, asked him, the Lord yeah. asked him, who did you do it for? Who have you ever spontaneously blessed, right? Listen, God has a system for how things get done. We have to participate in the system if we want the, re the result. Yeah. And so that's stage two. And so let's look at stage three because we're progressing as we go. We went from just one fire insurance to now we want we willing to do some work, but we ain't really put forth a whole lot of effort to really get it. And now we get to level three and level three is what we call the ambiguous intent stage. OK, and really, here's what that means. There's a hint of willingness here, okay? There, there's a hint of willingness. It's not just I want something for nothing. I'm, I'm willing to put forth some effort, but it's not definitive action, and it's not consistent action, and it's not something that I'm going to have to do if it's going to have to stretch me. I'm willing to do some work, but not really willing to get out my comfort zone to do it right? You know, intending to try and taking concrete action are two different things. Like mm -hmm. we talked about homework. Where did you go to tutoring? I was going to. Going to go to tutoring and attending tutoring produces two different results. They're two very different things. And so in this ambiguous intent stage, a lot of times what, what believers fall into is they think that their intention is action. Oh, oh, come on, guys. Put that in the comments. You intention believe is your not intention action. is action. I intended to read my Bible. I intended to pray. I intended to fast. I intended to fast. I intended to give. I intended to go to church. I intended to repent. I intended to do these things. And because I thought about it, I somehow now equate that to being action. And that's that ambiguous intent stage that if we're not careful, we'll go to God and say, God, I did everything you told me to do. But in reality, I only thought about everything he told me to do. I thought about it. Say love. Selah. I thought about it. I didn't it. do it, but I thought about it. And because I spent so much time thinking about it, it feels like I did something. No. Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever thought about something so much that you felt like you did something, but in reality, you didn't actually do anything but think? Mm -hmm. You thought about it. I intended to be nicer to my spouse, but I wasn't. I intended to clean the kitchen when I saw that it was dirty, but I didn't. I intended to get up and pray, but I decided to hit the mm -hmm. snooze button, right? Intention is not action. Yep. Intention is not action. So intention, until it becomes action, is not faith. It's not. It is not faith. It's not. Intention is not the position of faith. And the problem with being in this ambiguous intent stage or this ambiguous intention stage is that despite our best intentions no tangible results are ever really seen and that breeds frustration it breeds procrastination it breeds all kinds of feelings of does the word of god even work and it's not mm. that the word of god doesn't work it's that your intention to do the word of god doesn't produce like you do in the word of God. 
Oh, that's so good. And that's Can where, you say that again? Yes, I'll be happy to. Most people get frustrated because they have an intention to do the word of God. And because they have an intention to do the word of God, they think about it a lot. But but despite their best intentions, no tangible results ever really show up because being intent on doing God's word is not the same thing as doing God's word. An intention to do God's word doesn't produce in the same way that a farmer who intends to plant corn ooh, cannot be surprised when he doesn't get corn because he sat around and thought about planting it all season. So I was thinking about like, you know that one of the things is this is one of my um my big things that like if you are a partner of fellowship of champions and you don't have a better job and you haven't talked to pastor edwin and follow his instructions then basically you are in this number three stage to me you are a person that's like i heard what you said we're supposed to be increasing i'm confessing the guiding word i'm confessing the prophetic word that you gave pastor sean but at the end of the day i said i wanted a better job and i applied for one job yeah I said I wanted a better job and I actually sent my resume to Pastor Edwin and then didn't do the things that he told me to do. And then what ends up happening is that when month after month I'm in that job where I'm not being treated well, where I'm not making the money I should mm -hmm. make, I begin to get frustrated and I'm like, God, why am I here? Because right here, I am at this ambiguous, intense day. I heard it. I, I believe it. I want to be a distribution center. Pastor, I want to be a distribution center. And I'm willing center. to do a little something. And I'm willing to do a little something. Like, I'm willing to apply for a job when it's easy. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's one of those things on Indeed where they say easy apply, I'm willing to do that. But I'm not willing to do, I'm not willing to modify my resume for every job. I'm not willing to modify mm -hmm. my, re my, um, my cover letter for every job. I'm not willing to do that, but I, you know, I, I want a better job. Mm -hmm. I, I want a better job. It's the ambiguous intent stage, and we declare that we will not live in the ambiguous. So we're leaving stage. this stage to go to. We're number leaving four. it. We're leaving this stage. Yep. Number four. This is the half-hearted commitment or the incomplete dedication, and I believe three breeds into four. Mm -hmm. In this stage, individuals take some action. But toward their goals, but they lack full dedication. Mm -hmm. When tough times come, they're going to quit. They lack full dedication. Mm -hmm. Not just tough times, when it's just the opportunity to do something that's more fun. Mm -hmm. It's not just mm -hmm. that it was so tough. Mm -hmm. It is just, it was like at the end of the day, I'm believing God for another job, right? But they just released a new episode of these Marvel shows. <laughs> and at the end of the day, all of my friends are talking about it in the group. I don't know what's going on. So instead of doing the thing that I need to do, I'm going to do the other thing. Everybody else is watching this TV show, but the Lord told me that I really need to be working on my health and I need to be renewing my mind. But everybody else has trying this new recipe. And so I have to try it too. Mm -hmm. This stage right here, you take action, but you lack full dedication. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this in our marriage, we were at a level four for a while. Mm -hmm. Baby, we really wanted a better marriage, but baby, we had that incomplete dedication. Mm -hmm. I was willing to do what God told me to do as long as I thought you were doing what God told mm -hmm. you to do. When God, when it didn't look like to me that you were doing what God told you to do, then I was going to do what I wanted to do. And that, and I'm going to tell you the truth. The reason that it took us the amount of time that it did to change our 
marriage is because we wouldn't surrender. It's because we wouldn't surrender. We kept saying my obedience is based on what Edwin does instead of my being my obedience based being based on me presenting myself to God. The, the, the danger of living in the half-hearted commitment or incomplete dedication stage is that if you aren't careful, you can convince yourself that you gave it your best shot. You will absolutely convince yourself in this stage that you gave it your best shot. You did everything you could. It ain't on you. Whatever it is, it ain't on you. It, it, it becomes your consolation prize. Ooh. I gave it my best shot. I did the best thing that I could do. I took these steps. I did this. I did this. I did this. But we don't calculate what we didn't do. You know, and the reality of it is, is that we didn't get out and we're talking years ago but we I, I we didn't get out of this level four stage i didn't get out of this level four stage until it until the lord the holy spirit said to me he said i don't care what sean does don't come and talk to me about that until you have done what i told you to do and well, that was that was the thing well that he said to me and i was like wait the lord told me don't talk to him he, he, but he said, don't he talk to me, me same thing. until I have done what he told me to do. He said, don't, because, and that's what the half-hearted commitment does. It'll have you talking to God about what God hadn't done. It'll say, well, Lord, you didn't let me get this job. You ain't let me find nobody to love. You ain't let me buy this house. You ain't let me do that. What, but did you do what he told you to do? Because the half-heart commitment stage, this incomplete dedication stage, will have you believing that you did your best. When you didn't do your best. I'll tell you, it's one of the things we've learned in marriage counseling is that I can tell when somebody really wants to change their marriage because they come to us and talk about things. Yeah, they don't spend all their time they, talking when, about When the you other spend person. all your time that what's wrong in your marriage is based on the other person, yeah. I know you live at the level four yeah. stage. Yeah. And what you really Max, mean is you might you, be at the three. <laughs> right, right. You might be at the three. Top, you're at the level four stage because when you come, all of your problems are because of the other person. Mm -hmm. You can see everything they didn't do, but you can't see anything that you didn't You've do. You've had three jobs and the same problems on all three jobs, but it's somebody else's fault. Nope, you had a level three or level four. Well. You had a level three and a level four. And, and, and if you don't understand and if you're not willing to acknowledge that, then you never get to go to level five. So wait, hold on. So when you have mess in all your friendships, yeah yeah level four yeah okay Ma max max level four yeah, yeah. you may just be a messy person <laughs> you is may this, not, you this, may not even be on the list you this, may just be messy but i think that this before we go to level four i mean five i really want to talk about this how many times have we deceived ourselves that we gave it our best shot when in truth many times we didn't give it half a shot right it's like i think you said we this. gave it the best we wanted to give oh that's how people that's how people deceive themselves you you gave it the best you were willing to give but your best you were willing to give may not be your best so when you say i gave it my best did you or did you give it the best you were willing to give because those are two different things did you give it the best when look at your life 
are you giving it your best or are you giving it the best you want it to give? And if you're only going to give it the best you want to give, then you can't be frustrated because you didn't get what God said. Because you didn't give God what he asked for. You gave God what you wanted him to have. And this is a great example. Like a lot of times people feel really, really good about, um, I'll give you a good example. This used to happen to me a lot. Uh, I used to have a friend that would do this. I would have a friend that would borrow $100 from me. They would tell me that they were going to pay me the $100 back on next Friday, right? Next Friday would come, and they didn't pay me my $100 back, and they didn't say anything to me about it, but they would buy me a candle. Mm. And they would say, I was just thinking about you, and I wanted to give you this candle. Ma'am, mm -mm. I don't want this candle. I want that $100 that you said that you were going to give to me. How many times are we offering something that is not the thing that is necessary to get what we want, but we say we gave it our best. And I believe in doing that, that what that person was doing was that instead of dealing with the fact that they weren't a person of integrity who didn't keep their word, that what they were doing is that they were giving me something so they could feel good about what they were giving. And in their mind, they were giving their best shot. Mm -hmm. It's also the reason I don't loan money. I'm just going to give it to you or not. Right. right. Now, level five. You can't it, give me a gift when you owe me something. You cannot give. Hey, Amen. Can y'all tell, tell? You cannot give turn me. Tell your neighbor, you cannot give me. Turn to your neighbor. You cannot you give me a me gift. Something. You cannot give me a gift mm -mm. when you owe me something. Mm -mm. Come, come. I need you to say it with your chest. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot give me a gift when, when you, you owe, owe me something. something. You cannot. You cannot. So, so you cannot give God an offering when you have not brought the tithe. Come oh, on. You cannot give come God. On. You cannot give a gift. <laughs> When you owe me, you cannot. You cannot take. You cannot take what you owe me to buy me a gift. Well, Amen. Okay, number five. Who is ready to go to number five? And this is where we want to live. This, this is, is where we want to live and, and, and in every may, area. And we may fluctuate from time to time, from a five down to a four or three. Hopefully, you don't get back to a two or a one. But in different areas of your life and different endeavors, you can. This is this is on a this is on a sliding spectrum or sliding scale it doesn't mean that once you get to five you, you don't have the potential to go back that's why the bible says that we are always being renewed and that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing so level five is what we call the unwavering dedication or the resolute pursuit stage it means that we have at this level we have reached what we call total commitment we are absolutely committed to doing things the way God would have us to do them. Uh, people who reach this stage are resolute in their goals, especially when it comes to personal and spiritual growth. They are not going to miss a service. They are going to read their Bible. They're going to spend time praying in the Holy Spirit, and they're going to take communion. Why? Because those are the four commitments that they said they have made with their church. And so they're going to do it. They don't need someone to call and, and remind them to do it. They've made the commitment to it themselves. They have become resolute. If I if I say I'm going to pray in the morning, I don't get to pray. I don't let the next day come. And I haven't done what I was supposed to do. I am resolute in my goals, especially my personal goals and especially my spiritual goals. People who reach this stage, they refuse to make excuses. They understand that excuses are monuments of nothingness, that they build bridges that lead to nowhere, and those who choose to use those tools of incompetence end up becoming masters of nothingness. So they don't let excuses get in their way. They are dedicated 
to accomplishing what they have set out to do. They don't allow sideshow distractions to come into their life and derail their commitment to the goals that they've made for themselves. So if they have decided that they are going to renew their mind, they don't let the new TV show come and stop them from doing that. They don't let something, Teach, something going on outside stop them from doing that. They say, I've decided every day I'm going to read something that's going to help me see Jesus in a different way. They don't let what being tired from work even stop them. They are resolute. They are unwavering in their dedication and in their pursuit of the things of God. And this is where we want to live. And this is where we this want is where we to want live. live. We want to live at level five. Because this is where you get the good life. Yes. This is where you get the good life. It is the total commitment. It is the once God has told me something. Now, we got those four things. Mm -hmm. But there are other things that God sure. has told mm -hmm. us. Once God has told us those things, we have some very clear things that God has told us about our marriage. Mm -hmm. It's how we keep our marriage healthy. Yep. It's how we keep our marriage whole. We are resolute Re in doing resolute. those things. We are resolute in doing those things. Everybody needs to say to make a decision because nothing changes until you make a decision. Which is to cut away to other cut options. Away other options. Yep. So right now, what we need to do is I need to make a decision to live at level five. Here's what this means. It does not mean I'm perfect at level five. It means that level five is the statement, I, is the standard I have for myself. Mm -hmm, for myself. Level five is the standard I have for myself. Here's what this means. It's so we, we didn't know it at the time that the Lord told both of us, don't come back in this room and talk to me until you want to talk about yourself. I don't want to talk about Edwin, right? The level five commitment is to say, I will do what you told me to do if Edwin doesn't do anything yeah. you told him to do. It, it was so funny because years later, we both shared that that was the thing. It was funny, though, because I thought at that time I was just doing the right thing for me. And you thought you was just doing the right thing for you because the Lord had told you to. But the Lord had told us both the same thing so he could get us on the same path. So he could get us to stop thinking about the other person, start focusing on ourselves. He was like, if you focus on yourself, she focus on herself, I'll focus on y'all. Well, and that's that is so good. And that's how he fixed it. But even, but, but even if you look at other things, like it's when people say, and, and, and I know people don't like it when we say this, right? It's when we talk about like exercising and it's like when you make a decision to exercise, is it nice to have other people who exercise sure. too? Sure. But if it's your resolute decision, you don't need anybody to text you and call you or remind you if you exercise. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I decided I was going to walk 100 miles. And at that time, you were not walking mm -hmm. with me. You was like, go on, girl. Listen, call me if you get out too far and you need me to come yep. get you, right? I had to make a decision to walk those miles regardless to what Edwin did. Now, thankfully, at the end, when I had like 15 miles left, you came in and really helped me with the last 15 when I was tired. But at the end of the day, I was committed to walk them even if you didn't walk them. Most people 
Your commitment is based on what other people do and what is popular. Your commitment is based on what you think your boss did, how fast you think God moved, but you got to present yourself and be resolute to do what God told you I to do. I can't tell you the number of times that we've counseled people, even in our own personal lives, right? There have been times where you have decided to eat a certain way. And, and and sure, it would have been nice for me to eat that way, but that wasn't the way I was eating. And I remember years ago, you would get frustrated when I wouldn't do that. I would. You, you was like, well, we need to fast. We or, do. Or, or we need to eat like this. Or, or, or I remember when I, I used to drink whole milk. Now, I don't anymore, but I used to drink whole milk. But you took me off whole milk because you, you refused to buy whole milk. I did. And I was like, you can't just make me. I can't. You you picking a bad example, but go ahead. But you did. Go ahead, because I didn't make you. But get my, my point milk. is, is that there are times the Lord will call us to do something, and we have to be resolute to do it, even if nobody else goes along. You know, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think so many times we we give ourselves an out as an excuse because somebody else isn't doing what the Lord told us to do. Oh, no, no. I want us to sink in, guys, because we're almost done. <laughs> so you give yourself I, an no. out. How many times have we given ourselves an out? Like, the, the, the reason I was committed to walk 100 miles, the Lord told me to walk 100 miles mm -hmm. that month, right? So I had to make the decision that I was willing to do it if you never walked with me. But how many times in all of our lives, have, and just think about this, but we have a commitment to do something, but because somebody else doesn't come along and do the commitment with us, we give ourselves an out, even though God told us to do it. He might not have told somebody else to do it. How about this? Even if I know he told them to do it, my decision not to do it is still disobedience. Yeah, it's still. I, it, it, because it, maybe he didn't tell you to do yeah. it, but what if he did tell you to do it? I am still responsible for being resolute yep. if no one else is. Yep. Can you put that in the comments? I am responsible for being resolute if no one else is. Yep. If every Christian in the world starts turning up and cussing and acting a fool, I am still responsible yep. for being resolute to the Lord. If everybody quit going to church, if nobody reads their Bible, if everybody is, is letting the horoscope lead them and engage in witchcraft, I am responsible for obeying obeying God if nobody else does. That's what resolute is being. It's 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 being steadfast in the face of adversity. Yeah, that's what resolute is. It's the unwavering dedication and resolute pursuit stage that we desire to be in. And what you need to do is you need to think about these stages and then determine where are you going to be? What's your commitment going to be in terms of renewing your mind? And because then your actions need to follow what your dedication is. And then you need if you're I'm telling you, if you're not at number five, you need to make a quality decision <laughs> to get to there. shift. Yeah. Why? Because you're never going to live your best life. You're never going to live junk. And, and I guarantee you, stop and look at your life right now. The areas where you see the fruit of God, you're resolute. Yep. Now, just stop and think That's about facts. it in your own That's life. Facts. The areas you where it. you see the you fruit of God, yep. you are resolute. You can track Come on it. and talk about it. Come on and testify. Yep. When you do what God tells you to do, regardless to what anybody else does, right. do you not see the goodness of God show up? Absolutely. It is when you give yourself an out because somebody else isn't doing it. It doesn't mm -hmm. seem fair, right? Listen, I want y'all 
who want to rededicate their life? Me and Chris, yeah, people laugh at me and Chris, but now we got a few people who've joined in with us. Me and Chris is all about this rededication life. Why? That's the renewing of your mind. Anytime you find out that you're outside of the will of God, you need to repent. You say, what does repent mean? To turn. God, I realized I was at a level four. I realized I was at a level one. I realized I was at a level two or three. I don't want to be that because that doesn't honor you. I am making a decision to begin the journey as a level five Christian. Yeah. As a level five Christian. I am becoming a level five Christian. I'm making a decision today that the things that I know you have told me to do. One of the reasons so many believers are so frustrated is that they're always trying to find out what God hasn't said instead of doing what they know mm -hmm. God has said. Mm -hmm. So many people are like, I don't know my purpose. You won't do what he told you to do right Come now. On. Come if on. you don't do what he told you to do right now, yeah. what would be his interest yes. in telling you the next thing? Yes. Listen, and I love what Latanya says. I let life circumstances distract me. Both John talks about that. The parable of the sower talks about that. And first John talks in the message, about this. In the message translation, they call it sideshow distractions. Sideshow distractions. You, I, everybody hear me because I love what Latanya said. Life is going to life. Man. Your responsibility is to be resolute regardless to what life does. Because life going to be resolute. Because life is going <laughs> to be resolute. You're going to have challenges. You are going to have unexpected events. Mm -hmm. You are going to have things that seem unfair. Yep. I love what Hillary said. Yep. Today, I am beginning my journey as a level five Christian. Amen. Who is joining Hillary? Amen. Listen, life is going to happen. Life is going to be resolute. You listen, you're going to have a perfect plan and some and one of your kids go forget their lunchbox and you got to go back. <laughs> listen, you're going to do everything you're supposed to do and somebody on your job is not going to want you to be here. Man, you need to make a decision. I'm going to be resolute. I'm going to be resolute just like Jesus was resolute as he went to the cross. I am going to the, really here's a simple way to say it. I'm going to grow up. Mm. I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be a person of integrity to the Lord. I'm going to do the right thing because it's right when nobody else is listening. My God today. I love it. It's Hillary's birthday. And on Hillary's birthday, the gift she gave to herself was to become a level five Amen. Christian. Happy birthday. Too. Happy birthday. Listen, I'm. that's really the message, guys. I'm going to grow up. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying I have areas that I need to grow up mm. in. I need to grow up in this area. If I want to have the life God has for me, I need to grow up. So we don't have to recap the four because all we want to talk about oh, is level five. five. Right. Level five, an unwavering dedication or re resolute pursuit stage. I have decided to be totally commitment to God, committed to God. I will do what God told me to do regardless to what anybody else tells me to do. And I want to tell you this because I told somebody this this week. I told two people this. You don't need God to speak to you personally about what he's already written. Yeah. He doesn't so, need to speak to you personally about what's universal. He does not need to speak to you personally about, like, you don't need God to tell you not to walk in offense. Or love your neighbor. Or love your neighbor. Or not to steal the tithe. You don't need a word for what is already written. You just need to do what's written. Amen.
All right, were y'all blessed by the message today? We got to go do anniversary teens. Anniversary teens? Teens. It's <laughs> okay. We got to go do teens. So we're going to go hang out. We hope that you were blessed by today's message. It's your opportunity to give. Hey, and before you do that, it's hold 80, on. It's, hold on, hold on. It's 80, it's 80, it's like 90 of y'all on here. I'm going to ask you if you haven't, at some point, as soon as we get off of here, Please, 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 as an anniversary gift to me, go to my Facebook page and just share the pinned post about the AP African American Studies program. Okay, just share it. If you gave it, if you've given already, that's great. I appreciate it. But I need you to share it because if if you share it, the more you share it, the more people see it, the quicker we can get this done. So just go to my page and share it. Just share it. It's a click of a button. It'd be the best gift you could give me. Oh, one of the best gifts you can give me. I mean, oh. <laughs> I always like money, but that—that that, that's an easy one you can give me. All right. So we love you guys. It's your opportunity to give. You can put the comments up that today you can give through Givelify, Push Pay, Tidally, Text to Give, 833-969-0897. Or PayPal for our international partners. Listen, we love you guys so much. Um, if you want to be a partner of Fellowship of Champions, baby, you need to come and be a partner because this church got it going on because we're teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And just so happy, I just want to mention this. I think I saw him on here. We are getting more and more partners from the continent of Africa. And I think oh. that is so great. Uh, the word is being shared there. People are starting to tune. Obviously, it's a much different time zone. Uh, so a lot of times they're watching on the replay. Uh, but we're getting more and more partners from the continent of Africa. And I'm excited about that. All right. So um, just put level five. If you go on to level five, just put level put a, five. Put in a the five comments. in the comment. Put, put a five in the comment. Like I'm maybe before I'm, you go, put a five. I'm taking off. I'm growing up. Level five. Then go share the uh, pay the post. <laughs> All right. We love you guys so much, and we pray God's best for you this week. We pray that you will hear and obey God and do the things that you need to do. We will see you at all of our events this week. You know what they are. And if not, you know where to find them. Amen. And we will see you guys tomorrow for Strategies for Success. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great day. Bye-bye.